Hindsight is twenty twenty, but foresight, well, foresight's worth its weight in gold. In this pandemic, one man's foresight has kept his staff on the payroll. Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. The pandemic threw the economy in a blender with the lockdown, and despite provinces now emerging and advancing and opening up in stages, crowds and close contact are verboten. Needless to say, the impact on tourism is near devastation. But out of that, the world-renowned Shaw Theatre in Niagara-on-the-Lake was able to keep 500 workers paid. Actors, musicians, and crew. How? Pandemic insurance. Tim Jennings is the executive director of the Shaw Festival, and he joins us now. And, and Tim, what moved you and your, and your chief financial officer to conduct this risk analysis? Uh, well, I started uh, at the Shaw Festival about five years ago, and uh, in the end of my first season, uh, which was Jackie Maxwell, our previous artistic director's last, and Tim Carroll was coming on. We were planning for his first season in 2017. So through the 2016 year, uh, as I was getting to know the organization, um, I and my CFO, Roy Reeves, started chatting about the idea of doing a full uh, risk analysis. I didn't quite understand uh, some of it. Um, uh, some things that didn't seem to be there that I was used to having and some things that I wondered about given the complex nature of a what they call a rotating repertory theater company, which is an ensemble of people that are in multiple plays at the same time. Um, and so our actors actually are really what drove me to think about this is that if 10 of them got sick, it would affect multiple productions. It could have mean three different shows suddenly went down. Um, and so knowing that we had been affected uh, deeply by SARS and limitedly by H1N1, we thought, well, we'd better get some kind of insurance that would make sure that if there was a, a you know, communicable disease within the company or affecting the company, uh, that we were insured against, you know, ma uh, massive loss. And really, in that case, I was thinking, like, what if we lost three weeks of shows? So it wasn't mm. uh, it wasn't actually the kind of level that we ended up seeing that we were worried about, but it was certainly one of the things that was covered. So. Now, in, in terms of uh, getting pandemic insurance, and of course, you did the risk analysis, you've, you've also run other theater companies. Did, did you do the same thing in, in those as well? Uh, I, I did a risk analysis in those other organizations, mm -hmm. and we had a different kind of, of uh, what they call performance interruption insurance, which is actually what the policy is, is something that is specific to the theater industry that, that insures us against lost performances of, of, of ticketed events. So, um, so what we really get out of that is a kind of net. Uh, of, of what we would have spent against what we would have made. And um, uh, and that's what we're insured for. And and frankly, with a company like the Shaw Festival, differently than, than stock theaters, which run one show at a time, because we have 12 or 14 productions running simultaneously, uh, the, and every day, you know, you could see eight different performances happening at our theaters. It's, it's a, a particularly big problem if they go south. So it was a bit more of a policy than I've had at other places. But frankly, there are lots of theater companies that had some version of, of pandemic uh, interruption insurance for performance, performance loss. They just would have covered them for two or three weeks, not for a year. So. Was it difficult to find a policy that would cover? No, there's a company called Front Row Insurance, who's a specialty theatrical uh, insurer. And Steve Beatty, who is our broker, who's an unbelievably smart guy, um, you know, brought to our attention... Uh, this sort of higher level, we, we knew about the smaller one. In fact, the company had a smaller level of insurance against some kinds of performance interruption, uh, not this, but, uh, but you know, we, we, I'm, I'm just a risk averse guy by nature. So I try to make sure that, you know, as a charity, we're 
taking care of people's investments in us. And so that was, uh, we decided, you know, for the amount of money we could put into it, it made sense to us to take that, uh, that insurance uh, risk and, what, and it paid off. What was it exceptionally expensive? Uh, it's certainly not cheap, okay. uh, um, but it's not, no, it wasn't exceptionally expensive, especially given the situation. So, Tim Jennings is joining us in the Unpublished Cafe. He is the executive director of the Shaw Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake, and we're discussing how pandemic insurance allowed him to keep 500 employees on the payroll. Now, they were still on the payroll, but you had independent contractors as well, and they weren't covered. What did you do? Right. So all of our actors, musicians, designers, directors, choreographers are members of associations or unions uh, that are for independent contractors. All actors on stage are independent contractors. And so uh, initially, uh, the insurance allowed us to continue to rehearse by Zoom for about six weeks. At the end of that period of time, it became very clear that there was not really an efficacy continuing in that. And so what we decided to do um, was using the uh, Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy, which we've been using to underwrite the rest of our employees. Um, we uh, ended the or suspended the contracts of the actors and musicians and those groups and uh, pivoted to create a summer jobs program uh, initially for a month and then ultimately for four months um, to hire on all of those artists to help us as um, community uh, and out, uh, uh, education and outreach specialists, basically. We call them ECOS, mm. uh, an ecosystem, if you'd like. And um, so the ECOS program basically meant that it was a group of people engaging with our audiences and our community partners and education partners uh, in a different kind of way while we couldn't engage with them in a performative way. So it, uh, it gave us a new way to continue to work with them and has allowed us to continue to put out a significant amount of content for those partners, which is great. You know, it's interesting. Obviously, the theater is a very creative place, and and you're and I find creativity and business don't really meld very well. But <laughs> boy, when you when you creatively think of how to how to figure this out in business, you, you've done a terrific job. Thank you. I I, uh, I used to teach a course in lateral thinking when I was a theater professor, and uh, for production side folks, because. Very commonly, the backstage and backstage is where I come from. Uh, backstage people are trying to figure out how to make something happen that's never been invented before on almost every show we do. So it's um, it's a little bit of just trying to come at the at the problem with a positive. This can be done. So you know, idea and uh, and so very commonly, uh, you know, the task I give my team or we figure out together is if I. Um, if, if the end result needs to be this, how do we get there? And and guaranteed people will come up with things. I was fortunate that I I read a lot. And so I had managed to read the CWS guidelines, I think, very quickly initially and figured out how we could pivot to using them and got into some good conversations with several ministers to guarantee we could. And, and so it, uh, it, it allowed us to do some things quickly, which maybe some of our colleagues who were less optimistic weren't able to do so. Ontario's in stage three uh, of reopening. Uh, where's the Shaw Theatre in, in that state? Yeah, so we are we are in stage three uh, in Niagara on the Lake. Um, we're not. Uh, we're continuing the Ecos program through to the end of August. We are looking for ways to underwrite performances. Right now, what what is allowed and was not allowed in, up until stage three, we weren't even allowed in our buildings. They were closed by public order. Um, uh, all theaters in Ontario, um, but in in um, in stage three, we're allowed. Some of our folks are allowed back in the building, but really, there's not a model where we can afford to put on productions at 
50 people in the houses. So we're looking at some options for outdoor performances where there could be for 100 people, maybe working with some of the local wineries or, or the town or the Parks Canada to do things to help keep tourists around and uh, and use our status as an arts and culture charity to just basically help other people at this point, as we've been trying to do with things like making gowns and masks through our wardrobe departments and things for the last number of months. Um, but I think ultimately we'll end up um, uh, aiming for a holiday season of some kind. We'll try to do a couple of shows if we can, and we're looking to try to figure out how to do that because we're a major economic driver for Niagara. It's, we're almost a quarter billion dollars a year of the Niagara economy. And so it's uh, it's very important to us that, that we're back up and running to help others, even if it's at a break even or less uh, point for ourselves. So. And, oh, all right, you're, you're, you're front row there in Niagara on the lake right now, and obviously it needs tourism to, th- to thrive. Uh, what what's yes. the state the state of the industry right now? Yeah, so I'm on the Chamber of Commerce and Tourism Niagara on the Lake boards, and I can tell you that it's really suffering down here. I mean, people are seeing you know anywhere between ten and thirty percent of their normal annual income. Main Street is particularly affected. Our our whole culture in Niagara on the Lake is aimed at tourism, and in fact, as a as a town of eighteen thousand people that generates over two and a half million people a year worth of tourists, it's it's really hard. Now that said, I will say lots of folks are coming down to Niagara because it's beautiful and they, they drive in and, you know, picnic and go to some of the local shops or maybe hit a restaurant, but it's just not in the same quantum that we're used to. And, uh, and so trying to get ourselves up and running, we drive a lot of the overnight tourism. And so that's very important to the, the region and, uh, and something, you know, a lot of people come down for a week and anchor their stay around seeing four or five shows with us and then doing a bunch of other activities. So our hope is to try to, to, to figure out ways to generate more of that overnight stay and working with all of our partners to do that. So. Tim, uh, it's a terrific story, and I, and I want to thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Really nice to be on your show. Tim Jennings is the executive director of the Shaw Theater in Niagara-on-the-Lake, and this has to be one of the more unique stories to come out of this pandemic. A bit of shrewd business thinking and a bit of luck means that more than 500 people who would have been out of work and not collecting a paycheck are right now. I want to thank Tim for sharing his story, and I want to thank you for listening to the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.